The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. Episodes 1 and 2 of Season 1 are ready for you and your students to play today, and it's completely free. To learn more about Classcraft and the new story mode, simply visit classcraft.com slash oneducation. I'm psyched about baking. Like, I'm oh, yeah? into baking right now. Welcome to On Education, part of the Education Podcast Network. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will debate the merits of school dress code policies, discuss the perfect class size. We have some amazing, awesome news about the podcast. And our guests this week are Mary Messicomer and Cindy Harrison from Sourcewell Technology. So I can't believe I'm saying this. Okay. But... I, I mean, if you think American politics are bad, have you, been paying, <laughs> have you been paying attention to what's going on in Great Britain at all? I just like the way that they yell at each other. <laughs> it's so polite, it's, right? Well, it's just so weird. Yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. parliamentary process and then oh, their then the combination of that and their accents, I shouldn't just be laughing at, but I, it yeah, makes yeah. me it just cracks me up when I hear uh, someone keeps saying "order, gentlemen," and the people are screaming and whatever might be the thing. Uh, I yeah, I have heard some some different things as far as how crazy it's going. Though I hear that the conservatives are actually trying to be conservative, which in the it, United States. Maybe we'll follow suits, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, conservatives and not psychopaths, but you know. well, yeah, yeah, or just someone that just is faking, you know, their way through yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. if you're going to be conservative, then have conservative policies and actually follow through with Who them, you know. Yeah, and so it's it is super interesting though. It's a um, gong show. Yes, don't, totally. It is a. It is great. I I hate to make light of it, but like Britain's on fire right now. Like it's so bad <laughs> over there. And it's and, funny as hell because of like like this this dude like Boris Johnson is crazy like he is almost as crazy as Trump. He's that's just why they like, like each Boris, other. Boris Johnson <laughs> is smarter than Donald Trump. Oh yeah, but they're but they're but they're equally like crazy wild. And, yeah. and the the thing is like his first three things that he's tried to do as the new prime minister of Great Britain have all failed, yeah. um, like spectacularly and so bad that like people from his own party are defecting to the other parties <laughs> just to like stick it to him because they hate him so much and like the things he's trying to do. It is so awesome to, I mean, and wild and crazy. Like if you're looking for alternate forms of entertainment that don't directly <laughs> affect your lives, but are still politics, um, go watch British politics for a little bit. I mean, we'll be entertaining in a month or so, a couple weeks when the, like, cause there's a Canadian, uh, the election is happening in Canada soon too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like the election's going to be called easily in the next week or two. Um, I can tell you that, like, so our um, uh, Pekka Renio, who ran for the provincial election um, yeah. back a year ago, and we had him on the podcast to talk about education in Ontario, he's actually running in the federal election as well for the NDP. Um, awesome. So his signs are already printed, like, we're ready to, like, the NDP are ready to go, uh, at least in um, Barrie they are. Um, they're not going to, I hate, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but they're not going to do well, but, you oh. know. We're well, going to try. You're going to represent. 
We're going to exactly. represent. Um, but I can tell you that there's going to be a Canadian election, and there's probably going to be a British election now, too. And then we're still in, like, hardcore primary season. So, you know, all yes. of the three main, like, Western countries are all, like going psycho right now which is um it's going to make for entertaining politics at the very least for sure so um you're not supposed to talk i I guess in podcasting or really any form of entertainment about segues and how great the segue is but i'm going to talk about how great my segue (laughs) is to the next section because okay because i'll tell you i'm i'm i and i shared this on twitter and, and like the response was hysterical like i'm I'm psyched about baking. Like I'm oh, yeah? into baking right now. Okay. Have you ever baked? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. No. I have do you make like did you learn how to make like really good food from your mom? Um Mexican food. Yeah. Which there's yeah. very few things that I mean there's there's like I'm I'm thinking about like empanadas is a yeah. is a typical Mexican that dish that you might it's that mexican it's actually argentinian dish but uh there's a version of that that you might make in an oven you know might bake that pastries there are probably some different things but most of the stuff is not made that but you've way. learned how to cook like did your mom teach you how to cook like i know that, that i know awesome. how to cook like you've, you've said your mom's a good cook she's amazing uh yeah. i know how to cook but uh i like those good mexican dishes my, yeah my oh, my boy. wife is an amazing cook so Ooh. i i default to her you know, as Damn. far as the thing. And then I probably just lost all the skills. My younger brother got super interested in uh, in uh, learning recipes from my mom just here in the recent past, probably 10 to last 10 to 15 sure. years. And he is an amazing cook as far as for Mexican food. He makes tamales. He makes oh. like authentic uh, tortillas from scratch. I mean, like yeah. really, really good uh, stuff. And I guess I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't that interested in it. So yes. So Tell us about the baking, though. What are you baking? First, just to wrap this up, yeah, good, good Mexican food yes. is like the best. Oh, like yeah. when we when we we went to Orlando. Oh my god! Right, we went that to a Mexican day was an amazing. They were like, just sitting like, there. Ah, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so much better than anything you can get yes. in Southern Ontario. Like oh. it just blew. It was so great. It's so delicious. Um, I, yeah. So I've been totally like binge watching the great british baking show okay and and i don't like cooking shows like competition (laughs) cooking shows i like cooking shows like i like good eats which is like a like instructional cooking shows like i like those kind of cooking shows i've never really been into like chopped and like like iron i like iron chef but iron chef's iron chef japan was amazing but never been into like chopped and anything like that the great british baking show is freaking great <laughs> i've heard some people say that about it and i have you, not awesome. even ventured to turn that on is that on netflix or something uh or where do you find it like it's just in our like our cable like in our on demand oh. oh okay okay so it's like one of the shows that you have access to yeah yeah okay it is so good <laughs> and like inspiring like i'm like damn i can do that like i'm like into it <laughs> So, like, so what are you like making? A... Like pastries or like <laughs> so I wrote a cookies? List of the... Right. Yeah totally, yeah, totally. I wrote a list of the things I want to learn how to bake. I want to learn how to bake croissants. Okay. Uh, I want to learn how to bake um, um, samosas. Okay. Um, I want to learn how to bake like baked donuts as opposed to like fried donuts. Nice. Um, uh, and a bunch of other things. It's on Twitter. Maybe I'll link the 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 tweet in in the show notes. Um, but I'm I'm totally gonna learn how to bake. I think I'm excited about it. 
I love eating all of those things. So, <laughs> have you <laughs> you bake? You've had, samo- you've had samosas before? Yes, I I, I and oh. I love all kinds of different types of pastries and desserts. So yeah, if you start learning all this stuff, you're gonna come to Toronto. I'm, I'm either gonna come to Toronto or when you come to Minnesota, you're gonna have to just bake for us, <laughs> cook for you. It's funny. <laughs> I, my sister doesn't listen to the podcast or at least regularly, so she won't hear me say this. But like when I go to her house, yeah. Um, when we go to her house for like a weekend to visit, I'm always like the one cooking. She just says, "I'm not cooking. You, you cook. Like, you're way better." Go ahead. Than me. <laughs> so I I end up being the cook of the of the when we go to visit there they do the shopping but it's like mike decide what you're gonna cook and then i'll go buy the food but then you're you can then you do cook it hey that's pretty awesome that's a I good love role it. i love cooking man yeah i i think cooking does all of the things that make people happy like it brings people together good food is is the best absolutely and um there is so many cool things to cook that like i mean you can you can just keep going and going and going and going and going I want to see some um, of your uh, creations then as you start busting them out. Yeah. No, totally. I'm into <laughs> baking, man. It's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. So school started this week for both of us, I guess. This is the normal time. I joked that this is like the normal time for people to start school. Yes. Everyone else is weird. This is like the normal school. <laughs> normal first day of school was yesterday on Tuesday, May or, uh, September the 3rd. Uh, so how's it been going? Good. Yeah, uh, I mean you're right. We when I was in Colorado and in California, we started mid August. Uh, so when we moved to Minnesota, so we're like after Labor Day. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So yep, we started. I actually took pictures of my sons uh, the for the first day of school, and we've been it's like so, what you do so dang busy. Haven't even yeah. posted them on social oh. media. So I feel bad. I just thought about that just right now. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I did take the picture though, but yeah, it's been crazy. And uh, the kids are so they're older now, uh, so they are taking more responsibilities as far as what they need to do as far as in the mornings. And it's crazy. I mean, I remember uh, Lysander, my oldest son, when I was taking him to school when he was uh, in preschool and uh, just how right. tiny he was and little. And then now he's already in seventh grade. So <sighs> I know it's crazy. I feel we're getting old and our kids are getting old. <laughs> and it's like crazy like uh so isaac started grade six i couldn't mm. i couldn't remember if lysander was in grade six or seven uh so he's in seven and your your youngest one is in grade what second second grade yep grade, grade two, two. Mm-hmm. and so jacob starts preschool next week oh that's awesome so is he excited know, <laughs> oh yes yes good he he's been packing his backpack as if he's going to school and then mm. he takes his backpack to his grandma's um you know and it's got you know whatever random nonsense a, a three-year-old puts in their backpack <laughs> i know <laughs> such <laughs> great things in there survival right. kit it's right. called things you never my, knew my little monsters my uh, yeah, exactly my bear <laughs> maybe a random so. pillow <laughs> <laughs> but but boy oh boy it, it just i tell you the 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 kids are getting old and uh i am sure that everyone listening can that can resonate with with a lot of people that are man our kids are getting older and <laughs> it's crazy uh i remember uh, a memory came up on my facebook page of isaac starting kindergarten and i was like that was yesterday i know uh and now it's like you know nine eight seven years later whatever it is it's insane that's actually one of my favorite parts of facebook 
I yes. I kind of started stopped actually posting things and just even getting into those uh, <laughs> arguments, political arguments or whatever it was with people right. and just kind of abandoned Facebook in general. But now my favorite part of Facebook is just like logging in and then seeing those past memories of that day and then seeing, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, five years back and eight years back or whenever uh, I first started and then seeing all those things. And I was like, oh, that's pretty freaking awesome. You get to actually see that progression through and see and see your yeah, kids yeah, actually yeah. growing up. But then you're like, eh, yeah, they're, they're going to be in high school soon. Soon. <laughs> that's so terrifying. Yeah. Real soon. <laughs> It's happening, and then yes. college will be like tomorrow. I and, know craziness, you know, it's man. Absolutely nuts. Um, we, uh, you know, we have an announcement that we're not going to spoil later on in the show with our with our guests from Sourcewell, um, but we've announced a couple things in addition to those things this week that are pretty exciting. And um, the first one, the biggest one, is that we have kind of like a team staff i don't know what we want to call it but we're a team now we have people and we do have people we're, we're we're doing cool stuff with them and we're really excited we put the call out um probably about three weeks ago maybe a month ago you know that we were looking for some help to do some interesting stuff uh we want to grow some aspects of the podcast and what we do um mainly in the form of writing um, and we, I was stunned at the quality of the people who responded to us. In, in fact, in quantity too, to be honest, I, I actually didn't know we would get, if we would get any responses, but not only did we get responses, but we got like seven to eight and we got like Crazy. four or five that were like people that were like, you really want to do this with us? Are you serious? <laughs> like, like people know who you are like i mean you'd be attaching your name to this and that's pretty crazy <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you know we have a we have people now um and it's 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 super exciting that we're going to have some uh a, a dave blanchard and um melissa pilikowski yeah I'm just gonna i didn't want to screw up her last name yeah. so i was like processing in my head up. how to say the name <laughs> Yes. And I'm so glad that you said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa can get mad at me. It's okay. <laughs> right. So so Dave Blanchard and, and Melissa Pilikowski are joining us as writers. Um, they're going to kind of go back and forth between writing a blog post about the episode and handling the chat um, and doing a bunch of other things that we have ideas for and thoughts on that we haven't kind of fully processed yet. But that's kind of what they're going to do to start. Um, they will definitely be on the podcast um, every once in a while, we hope. Uh, yes. And we have ideas on how that would work, too. Um, so we're really excited that they're working with us. We've had a couple meetings and everyone's smiling and happy and ready to go. Um, so they're, they're, it starts now. Like, literally, you're listening to this and they're clickety-clacketing away because we're, we're starting this week. Um, so we have a team and Melissa and Dave are joining us, and uh, we're really, really excited about that. Also, super excited that we're um, we're publishing the podcast episodes, like the raw audio, more or less, on YouTube. Woo! So awesome. Not video, not you and I and our faces and whatever. That actually is coming a little bit later, maybe. Um, but for now, um, if you want to go listen to an old episode of the podcast, or, I mean, the point of this was that 
this is just another place for people to listen, right? So yeah. that, you know, because some people just can't listen on their cell phones or whatever, and some people play things on their computer in the background. People listen to music on YouTube, shockingly. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, now you can listen to the podcast on YouTube if you want. It seems like a no-brainer to me. It, it's not requiring a whole lot of work. Um, so that's what we're doing. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. No, and I. another thing I really like about that is just recalling all of those episodes then right. kind of checking out it's like oh yeah sarah thomas and whoever was you know we're like going down the line it was like oh these were the first people that actually come onto the podcast and my mm -hmm. goodness it's been quite a ride so if you mm -hmm. haven't checked out those episodes easy way to do it there yeah i mean we'd love it if you subscribed to the youtube channel because this is just the first bit of content that we're going to yes. be putting on youtube um so it includes things like hopefully video from um like when glenn and i speak if we're going to be speaking somewhere we're going to put video of those up um um you know conferences when we're at conferences if we have video from conferences where we're doing things related to the podcast we're going to put those on um but um there's also uh, a plan in place eventually to to put the actual video of us recording the podcast on youtube as well so that if if you know if video is your jam we want to give you the chance to listen you, to it by video you want to well. see our facial reactions <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe even the raw footage of the you know you want to see the the podcast but the unedited version <laughs> oh boy i don't know maybe this has that, been a bad idea that would be hilarious that actually that might be pretty popular <laughs> might be might be way more entertaining um so anyways uh head to head to the uh youtube channel um we've been posting every day on twitter so um you know just look for the post about the new episode that we're posting um and click on that link go to the channel and um, please smash that subscribe button for us um because uh we got lots more coming and we'd love to have um you know a base of subscribers um that are are people that listen to the podcast already you know ready when we start to do um new content, new content. that we're, we're excited about putting out um the school year and the new school year involves some interesting things related to to dress code and stuff like that and so i guess we wanted to talk about that a little bit right yeah, you know, I I saw a post by and, and it it just happened to correspond with the exact moment that we were going over, uh, you know, dress dress code. I guess that would be the most basic, the way that people would refer to it as uh, policies within our school. And uh, it was Brian Aspinall, and he was talking about in a blog post about hats. You know, the the history of why we don't allow hats at school and those kinds of things. And honestly, when guy. I yeah, yeah. When I came to uh, the school district that I work in right now, I was kind of freaked out that I walked into the high school and they allow hats. The students can wear hats and they can wear them in class with the permission of the teacher. You know, the teacher can ask students to remove them or and so on and so forth. Sure. So we have both uh, uh, everybody basically of all uh, uh, of all types of hats that students are wearing to school and it is really cool i think it's part of uh, uh 
you know, a culture, a, a way to express yourself. Um, and I remember when I was in high school, as far as like wanting to wear a hat, that there was even specific hat days. I don't know if they ever did that in Canada, but there was like a special day sometimes during homecoming sure. or whatever. And you could actually wear your hat to school. It was such a big deal. Um, and so just really the, the blog post was bringing up why do we have these policies in place and what right. does it actually mean? Is it more about right. control or yes. is it more about short answer? Uh, something more or is it something that's important um so really i i thought it needs to be an important conversation that your administrators have your teachers have and why are we using up our energy to enforce these specific policies and 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 what things can we just let go for example hats and some things that we can't let go so for example offensive messages on on a uh on shirts or whatever might be something that would be vulgar um, or violent or whatever might be. I could totally see why you would not do that, uh, why you would not allow that. Uh, but then some other stuff, it just gets really tricky, Mike, like things that people consider to be distracting or whatever might be. Um, sure. And I, I think that we need to reconsider kind of where we're, we stand at these things and at least have a good justification of why we're doing this and not just because we always did it you know and so it's a great thought i love his post and i love that he brought it up so that we can start talk having these conversations so let's link that post in the in the show notes uh, yes. i haven't read it but um but i i get what we're talking about here and it's super interesting it, it comes down to like what matters and what doesn't like i've i've i wrote a big blog post about what i called compliance Right. And the idea that, you know, what are the things that we force our kids do just to exercise our control over them? And what are the things that actually matter? Like, and why? And, you know, maybe the trademark um, of on education should be it's complicated because like, just like every, to be honest, just like everything else, this is a nuanced discussion. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about like, um, and, and some of it is nuanced for ridiculous reasons and reasons that it shouldn't be nuanced but like we've seen like the drama and complications that come from things that related to like female clothing in schools uh and i mean some of that is like you know it's dumb and and red herrings a little bit but it's there it's part of the conversation um but again political shirts political opinions um religious stuff on on clothing like this is a complicated discussion and i think that a coherent policy um with a with a base on a good conversation by administrators on what matters and what doesn't like does wearing your you know minnesota twins Toronto Blue Jays hat baseball hat actually matter like is that stopping you from learning anything I mean the answer is no first and if off. a student wanted to express themselves and some do and they want to wear for example a uh, make America great hat a, you mm. know and wear that you know as a See, as a teenager and I was just thinking about to the rebelliousness of kind of that sure. you know of kind of that's uh, part of my life or in a teenager's life that would kind of be a, a symbol of of being a rebel, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a total self-expression thing. So I, I'm like, if you're, that's what you're going to put on, that's what you should be able to go ahead and wear. And it's not an offensive 
message, you know, as far as the thing goes, we can disagree with it, blah, 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 whatever the politics behind it or the person that it represents. But I think it's a great way for students to start. Basically, we want them to be adults. There's no place in the sure. in the world as an adult. I, I mean, I guess there are, but I, I, I can't name them right now where you're not allowed to just wear your dang hat uh, and 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 in all kinds of different professions, you're supposed to wear a hat, you know, just for safety reasons, whatever they might be, you know. Um, and so it's just interesting that we decided at school that we're going to police some of those things. Uh, it's funny, though. A mega hat is an interesting complication to the to the hat equation, right? Because it's not about like so the complication isn't about the uh, allowing a student to express their political opinion which i think is great i mean if we're going to allow listen if we're going to allow liberal left wing kids to like walk out of school in protest of such and such and whatever i mean we got to you know uh, allow the inverse you know political expression as well obviously of course but so so the complication though becomes you know how much of a distraction is that to other kids and stuff like that and it's a nuanced discussion and maybe those the pros of allowing a uh, a kid to wear a mega hat outweigh the cons of it being a distraction i mean and you know if i was to be completely honest with myself i'd have to say that i would lean more towards freedom of expression than you know, the distraction, the distractions, you know, other people's problem more than it's the person wearing the hat. Of course. In a lot of cases. Um, There's a great like, YouTube see... video about that too, Mike. Yeah. Um, it's a YouTube video basically about a uh, Muslim girl and a, a uh, young gentleman that's wearing a uh, one of those Make America Great hats. And yeah. they're both at a... Uh, some kind of event and they both happen to be at the same event and they're kind of these two different crowds and they're kind of yelling at each other, right? Um, and two different political, uh, completely different spectrums and whatever it might be. And this kid that's wearing the MAGA hat, the Make America Great hat, some other person rips that hat off their head and the young Muslim lady actually starts screaming at whoever took it off says no you know we're not doing that like basically saying we all have a right here to basically you know raise our voices yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. and protest and and defend our sides and our ideas and whatever because that's what makes the united states amazing you know and and canada amazing is we have a freedom to express our ideas and beliefs and we should be able to do that same thing at school which i think that was an amazing, it's a YouTube video that's been put together and they're basically uh, having a conversation back and forth, the two participants afterwards of like mm. what happened and kind of how they grew together and kind of basically how they started to like listen to each other's ideas rather than just scream at each other to really start having a conversation rather than kind of this thing. So it really led to some great stuff. And maybe that's where, where we can actually start opening up dialogue rather than it become kind of this super polarizing, you know, we're all on opposite ends. Um, and I know we just switched from <laughs> dress code to that, but I, I think it's important to go ahead and allow our students to go ahead and express themselves in those ways. It's just amazing the nuanced discussion you can have. Uh, we're talking about hats. Yes. I mean, and that's where, like, like when you put thought into into the things related to education that are on kind of the edges, 
like we've done like yeah. this is kind of our wheelhouse now a little bit you know that like like there's not a lot of people talking about like the nuanced discussion of hats and dress codes in school but it's way more complicated than i'm just not going to let you wear a hat in school or 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 let you wear a hat in school there's super interesting discussions yes. surrounding that topic that like have to still happen and we want those like hopefully people are sitting there going do we know like if 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 you don't let kids wear hats in school why yes i mean and maybe you still come down on the same answer we're fine with that we've talked about that all the time too we're fine with it we want you to have the discussion and so maybe it's a chance for you to get your staff together and go why don't we let kids wear hats and let's have a real conversation yes. about it instead of the instead of the garbage like because we don't want them Cause it, to because it's always been that way yes because exactly. it's always yes. been that way those are ridiculous stupid answers yes. to to the question to be perfectly honest and you know have a real meaningful conversation because there is real meaningful conversations to have about things like that uh, so, you know, we hope that you have those conversations, uh, at your school and with your teams and, you know, it's super interesting stuff. Um, school is now officially underway, uh, I guess all across North America. And, uh, at this time of the school year, there's always a lot of talk about how big your class is either in the staff room or, you know, at home, you're talking to your spouse. Oh, my class has like 30 kids in it this year. And, I think this school year, though, more than ever, we're going to see some real super interesting conversations about class size and uh, debate about class size and whether that matters and how much that's impacting your ability to teach and learn. So we're going to chat a little bit about that next. So stay with us. On Education is brought to you by Pick My Kid. Pick My Kid is an automated dismissal solution that cuts car line time in half. It engages parents with the parent app by being able to change dismissal routines right from their phone. Friends, that means no more front office calls. Pick My Kid is an affordable solution for schools and removes dismissal stress for parents, teachers, and staff. For more information, visit PickMyKid.com. That's P-I-K-MyKid.com. On Education is also brought to you by Taylor Ed. As teachers, meeting the needs of each and every student in today's classroom is time-consuming, complicated, and just overwhelming. Taylor Ed makes differentiation in math effortless through curated resources, smart student grouping, and student insights beyond proficiency. Sign up today using the promo code ONEDUCATION and receive three months free on us. Visit taylor-ed.com for more information. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Class size is obviously an issue that's never probably going to go away and uh, comes up every year. But uh, I think that especially in Ontario with some of the changes uh, that the Ontario government is making related to class sizes and, you know, there are elections in the U.S., you know, coming up, there's... This is this becomes an interesting conversation, and a, a news article from the Des Moines Register caught our eye uh, this week. 
uh, related to class size only because of the numbers. I think the numbers uh, in this, you know, and, you know, even the fact that they put like the actual like n numerical numbers as opposed to writing the numbers. So it catches your eye when you see the numbers of some of these class sizes. But it's going to be a conversation that we're going to we're going to have. And, and I'm hoping we can talk about it a little bit here and then maybe even punt the conversation on to some of our other um, our other channels to spark a conversation online and then maybe come back next week and talk about this again. So the, the article that we, um, we came across had, um, had some super interesting, super interesting issues. I mean, in the, the big numbers, obviously 59 kids in a, in a year, in the yearbook class. Did you do yearbook class first off? I did not uh, participate in the yearbook class, but I think the point is that every students. every kid does, does yearbook class. Oh, okay, I was like, "Holy, <laughs> that's a lot of kids!" Uh, fifty nine kids is a lot. Fifty nine people in a room, right? You're gonna have to have a large room. Uh, so that's Huge room. terrifying to me, uh, just yes. for classroom management purposes. Much less safety or anything else, you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like. I mean, first off, I mean, the joke, the joke is the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, of course, all the kids go to the yearbook class. I mean, I, I remember booking the yearbook class in high school because it's the gimme class. And that's super funny to think about. But the, the but the idea that there's 59 kids in a room is like, in a you know, I hate to even bring it up, but yeah, it's the first place my mind went when I yeah. saw that there were 59 kids in this class. And that's in a world where we have to think about things like school shootings yes, absolutely. and intruders and like that kind of stuff. Imagine a room with 59 kids in it and how you would deal with an emergency uh, situation and 59 kids in a room. Yeah. It is a, it is a absolute, like that's just one of the aspects of this that would be a disaster waiting to happen. I, I like that in the article, the principal states that there's some scheduling uh, things that still need to be worked out. It's called, when you're scheduling this, you make creating this schedule, you have 59 kids in one of the sections, you go, eh, we need to either uh, distribute these kids or create a new section, uh, do something because we can't have a number that large in this space or whatever. Right. You know, it just seems ridiculous. I do know that some courses, for example, are band uh, classes and are choir courses where you would have those huge numbers, but they also because the band is big. They also have these uh, huge rooms that accommodate yep. these types of of numbers, and it makes total yep. sense that you would have your entire band playing uh, it together, obviously as a big large group. But it, in a normal class setting, this number just like you just said, if you talk about fifty nine kids, it's just. It's so it's off the charts, ridiculous, and his and his reasoning behind of like well, we're still working on those numbers. It's like that's when you yeah, have really. like thirty seven kids in a class, and you're still trying to get it down to like twenty seven to twenty eight. You're still working those uh, kids around, not fifty nine. So yeah. I thought that hot, was just comical. Tip. Right, hot tip principle: divide by two. <laughs> yes, we're good, and, and then you're fine. Exactly, <laughs> we're good. Divide yes. by two. Yes. it's like basic math. Yeah, so, and even divided I mean, by two, if you had two classes of 30, 30 kids is a lot. Anybody that teaches right class. now, yeah, that teaches with uh, 29, 30 kids, and they have that, uh, you know, our elementary school teachers, you know yeah. that if you have 29 or 30 kids in a class, it's, class, it is significant, like, what 
the way that you have to manage that class, how uh, you're going to probably need some uh, paraprofessionals to be as far as in your class, some aides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult, super difficult. Uh, not that people aren't doing it right now and have been doing it for a while, but uh, we just thought, you know, at the beginning of each year, is when we see these numbers because that's yeah. when the effects of budgets actually start happening. And I'm sure this is the same thing in, in Canada, right? right? When when you can see the effect of like a cut, you know, as far as, oh, we're reducing yeah. 20 teachers here, 12 here, whatever it might be. And then you still have the same number of students. What are you going to do with them? Well, distribute them and they're going to be larger class sizes. So I just remember like my class size uh, at, at the private school that I taught at was 24, max 24. And if if a 25th kid registered for a certain section, they would literally divide the group by, th- you know, three, the whole grade by three and split up those into three sections or something like that. If there was two sections and one of them had 25, they would create a third and divide those three two sections into three sections. Um, it was automatic. Like it was part of the, what they advertised almost like you will never have a class size larger than 24. Um, both of our wives seem like, like around 26. Like I think my wife said that her kindergarten class is 26 kids. Um, and, and I feel like 26 is like on the high end of normal, at least the new normal, right? Yeah. Like it's not, I, it's not perfect, but it's, it's what I think teachers at this point have become accustomed to being able to manage is like that 26 to 28 is like not ideal, but we can, we can handle that. And you generally won't hear a lot of complaints from teachers at like the 26 to 28 level. Yeah. You might hear some because, but they're just saying it's not ideal, but they're not like burning down the house over yeah. it kind of thing. Yeah. Right? I'm wondering about that. And that's kind of why we were, interested in starting this conversation is yeah. what is that ideal number for you? Because I think it does matter, number one, what level you teach at. So for example, at the high school level, I think 26 to 28 is actually not bad. Uh, yeah. But 26 kindergartners that your wife has, that seems like a lot, man. That's like I can barely a, handle that's, one kindergartner for the That's record. a tough number, but maybe that's typical now. You know, maybe yeah. that's that's not uh, atypical, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, uh, getting worked up about this, but it just seems like that's quite a big, large number. Uh, and our teachers are doing amazing things. It doesn't matter how many students we have. It's just, it, it's interesting that a private school would really take yeah. that into consideration and really yeah. sell their customers on that. That's what we all should be doing is selling that concept of, you know what, we need to reduce class size because... Why would we do that? Because we want to make sure that uh, we can differentiate for your students, personalize their learning. We can actually get to know your kid. You know, if, right, if we have too thought? many kids, I've got 59 kids. I, mean, I don't even know. I'm just, trying, even I'm know just trying to tell people everybody to sit down. You know, I don't know anybody. You're going you're gonna to know the names of the good kids and you're going to know the names of the bad and kids. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's actually the truth. <laughs> and you're going to no, forget I mean, you, the you, 40 kids in between. It's very difficult. Exactly. And so <laughs> uh, it, it would it would be interesting to hear what people think, you know, from and, and then maybe even know what level they teach at, you know. So yeah, are yeah. they an elementary or middle school or a high school teacher? Okay, and then yeah. maybe even the content area, because 
maybe it depends on content area, like you need smaller numbers. I was just thinking about uh, industrial technology where you're working with tools and those things. Sure. You probably wouldn't want a lot of kids in that, no. to be able to supervise large numbers with uh uh, you know, uh, dangerous tools. Exactly. Uh, in my Spanish class, when I had 28 to 30 kids, I loved that because I loved the energy that comes from yeah. that many kids. But yeah, that's because that in that class, in that environment, that helps to drive through the class. It, it makes that the, the class go by and you enjoy it and whatever it might be. And in some classes, you may need more focus, more time for uh, individual answering of questions. I was thinking like in sciences yeah. or math, but again, I could just be inventing this. So it'd be interesting to hear from our audience. What, you know, what did, what would be their ideal number? Yeah. So what we're going to do, and, and I mean, to get super good results, this requires volume. So we're hoping to get some, some solid participation on this, uh, probably more than we've gotten on, on some other things. So we're hoping for some retweets and some shares. But what we're, what we're really would like to do is we're interested in like actually getting real legitimate numbers on, on your class right now um, and whether you you know so what you teach you know and 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 maybe even where um, but and, and we want to know whether it's actually having an imp- whether you feel like it's having an impact on your teaching we'll kind of rate that from one to ten so we're gonna do a survey and we're gonna post it all the places we post it so um, we're gonna put it on the blog um, we're going to put it in the chat. We're going to do a chat question related to class size and, um, and we'll link it on Twitter and we're hoping to get people to share it out. Cause, um, we'll come back and talk about this next week, um, and, and see where we're at, see if there's any interesting numbers. We may, if we feel like we didn't get enough results, maybe we'll push it again. Uh, maybe we'll push it for a couple weeks even yeah. and, and see if we can get some good solid, like I'd like to get, or even comments, a good too. number, like a hundred results, hundred votes. Let's, let's, if we could get, a, get if we could get a hundred data points, I'd probably be, I'd probably be happy. That'd be, yeah. That be that would give us some really interesting information um, that would be worth talking about. So we're going to create a little survey. It'll take you just a couple seconds to fill out. Um, we're super interested in knowing the size of your class. Um, so we're going to do that this week, and we'll push it out, and then we'll see where we're at. If it takes off, then we'll be good, and we'll talk about it next week. If it needs a little more time, we'll we'll keep talking about it on the pod, and we'll uh, we'll get it to a hundred. Maybe we'll start talking about it once we get to a hundred, and we'll uh, we'll see where we're at because we're really I'm super interested in this i think that this is a fascinating conversation um and i'd like to know what the real numbers are um you know it's it's funny like these articles on the des moines register these are outliers like 59 kids in a class is like an anomaly for sure i still i honestly still think that it makes for a really funny interesting not funny (laughs) the joke is still funny 59 kids in a yearbook class is still hilarious no matter which way you cut it i love it yeah but (laughs) but um, not for that person (laughs) right right no and it is not safe like so there is things about this that aren't funny um, but we'd like to know what's really the reality other than these like anomalies that appear in the newspaper because they're weird situations. Um, so we're going to do a survey. We'll see how it goes. Sound good? Sounds amazing. Let's do it. When we come back, we'll talk to our friends from Sourcewell Technology about Impact Education Conference that's happening a little later this year in Minnesota. So stay with us. On Education is brought to you by FreshGrade. Are you spending too much time stumbling between apps and duplicating work? Want to spend more time connecting with your students? 
FreshGrade Next has powerful new lesson planning tools that give you the flexibility you need to focus on engaging and inspiring your students. FreshGrade Next is designed for teachers and made for learning. Integrated, simple, and powerful. To learn more about FreshGrade Next and sign up for your free account, visit freshgrade.com. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Cindy Harrison is an education technology consultant, and Mary Messicomer is a technology integrationist, development, and outreach facilitator. That's a mouthful at <laughs> Sourcewell Technology. Sourcewell is notably known as the organizer of TIES, one of the largest ed tech conferences in the Midwest and now called the Impact Education Conference. Uh, they're also most likely our top two retweeters. Uh, <laughs> so we're super thrilled to have them on the show today to chat about Impact this year and, and, and make some fun news as well. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you so much. We are delighted to be here. Yes, super excited. So just a general question. Let's start off with uh, Impact Education Conference. Uh, tell us more about it and then tell us what are the differences maybe between Impact Education Conference and TIES or maybe some similarities because we all love the TIES Conference. Sure. Thanks, Glenn. So TIES, the TIES conference was for many years kind of the branding of the conference that was part of the organization TIES. And over the last year or so, we have had a change in ownership of our organization to Sourcewell Technology and a renaming to Sourcewell Technology. So we are continuing to still provide what it was known as the TIES Conference, but we have rebranded it and we are now calling it the Impact Education Conference um, as part of our whole new um, push and outlook and brand um, for this new endeavor. Um, so we noticed, and we've mentioned it on the podcast, but, but we're super excited that you guys are offering books, um, not swag bags, um, for your, um, pockets. And we'd like to think that we were helpful in that decision, but, um, we wanted to get you to talk about why you made that decision, kind of the genesis of the idea and, um, you know, what you guys are offering, um, as far as the books go in terms of like who and, and, and all of that stuff. I, I, I love this idea. So let's talk a little bit more about it. Sure. Thanks, Mike. Um, well, part of the impetus behind the books did indeed come from the On Education podcast because yeah. I happened to be listening one night and you were interviewing Jordan Shapiro, whose book, The New Childhood, um, really struck my interest. And so we started to talk about it as a team and we all agreed that as most of us and most of the people we know have cupboards full of water bottles that come tumbling out every time we open the <laughs> cupboard. Exactly. Um, and a person can only use so many grocery bags and mm. um, other conference type swags. We just decided that um, it would be just as effective or more effective to invest in the books for our featured and keynote speakers. Um, and so that's what led us to that decision and um, had us decide to offer the books as part of registration instead of your typical um, conference type swag. So, yeah. so what, books are, what books are we talking about, though? Yeah. So we have, and Cindy will help me if I forget any, we <laughs> have um, 
We have Jordan Shapiro's The New Childhood. Which is an amazing book. Which is an amazing book, and I'm working my way through that even um, as we speak tonight. It's fascinating. And then we also have um, the book by Jimmy Cassis. I believe it is called... Yeah, Stop Right Now, The 39 Stop Stops. Stop Right Now, The 39... Thank to you. To Making Schools Better. And Culturize, both his books. Yes. Oh, nice. Yep. And then we have um, Angela Myers is one of our keynotes. And so we also have her book, which is The Passion Driven Learner and Passion Driven Classroom. And then we also have um, the tech rabbi, Michael Cohen. Nice. We have his book. Mm -hmm. Educated by Design. Educated by Design. Thanks, Cindy. And um, we also have, um, who am I forgetting, Cindy? We have... Um, Carl Hooker. We have his mobile learning mindset. Yep, his whole series. Mm -hmm. They can pick which, which one of the series they want to read for that. So as you go up to registration, the, the first day that you actually arrive at uh, Impact Education, you're going to be able to go and choose one of these books. Is yes. that the way it's going to work? Oh, actually, such a great they, idea. Actually, when they register, mm-hmm. they will be able to, the participants will be able to choose the book that they want. And so oh. then when they come in and check in, they will be able to pick up their book. They'll already have chosen yes. which yes. book that they wanted. That's yes. a fantastic way books. to do it. Well, and I do need to add, we do have Monica Burns as well, yes. Tasks Before Apps, and 40 Ways to Inject Creativity into Your Classroom, along with um, Tom Rademacher, um, a Minnesota Teacher of the Year from 2014 with It Won't Be Easy. Awesome. I was thinking about, like, if you if you register as a district, this would be a fantastic way to do kind of a book study. You so, totally so you come in and you register, uh, you know, for example, at Sauk Rapids, and we register 20 teachers. And then we might as well all choose a specific book, and then and, and then that might be the book that carries us forward for the rest of the year. So that's fantastic. That's an awesome idea, Glenn. And in fact, um, one of the things that I'm hoping districts will do is do a community read like that with one of these books and incorporate that into their thinking as they move forward for the rest of the school year. So... Can you guys tell us a little bit about, I think you revealed something in the books though too. It's okay though. Um, as far as who are the keynote speakers. Now the first ties conference I ever went to, I tell a story that I was out in the lobby area of the Hyatt. I think it's the Hyatt hotel. Um, and it's a beautiful lobby area. And I was sitting there and I was talking to this gentleman about game of Thrones and all these wild topics. And I didn't realize that that guy was George Kiros. Um, <laughs> and that later that day, later, I'm sorry, the next day, that next morning, uh, myself and actually one of my students were in the audience and I see him walk on stage. I'm like, that's that guy from last night. You know, I was just talking to him. I'm like, oh my God. You know, that's how ignorant I was as far as the first conference I ever went to. But uh, how I love that, that there's that kind of, even though it's a big conference, there's that personal feel uh, as far as the connection between the participants and then your keynote speakers. It's like, we're all part of this group of educators working towards the same thing. So this year, can you tell us about who our keynote speakers are and and uh, and more about them? Yes, we would love to do that. 
So this year for our keynotes, we have three because we're doing a little bit different model on the conference. So we will kick off on Sunday evening and we will have former Chief Justice Alan Page um, as our speaker. And he will talk about um, different types of motivators for kids and mentoring kids um, and a lot of things along that type of um, a theme. And then on Monday, December 16th, we will start off in the morning with Angela Myers, and she writes a lot and speaks a lot about the passion-driven learning and passion-driven classroom. And then on Tuesday, December 17th in the morning, we will have Jimmy Cassis, who um, is, as everyone probably knows, a former principal. He's now an adjunct professor um, teaching about leadership and um, innovative schools and school leadership. So we've got kind of a nice mix there of people bringing different topics and ideas to the table for education. So the crazy thing about your featured speakers is that like a ton of them are keynoters. Yes. Like these are like the, 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 the institutional knowledge, the, the level of, um, uh, of, I don't know, the, the folks that you have coming that are feature presenters are equally amazing. Um, and so talk about who's coming that may not be a keynoter, but are going to have pretty significant presences at the, at the conference as well. Absolutely. So for our featured speakers, um, we have, um, right now we have eight of them lined up and we have Monica Burns, Um, We have Jennifer Clifton, and Jennifer is um, kind of a new idea for us. She spoke last year and did a workshop on mindfulness. So she brings some mindfulness and self-care topics to the table for educators. Yep, and we have Ryan Cloutier, who is our security, um, our principal security architect here at... um, Sourcewell Technology, and he is what I I often call him our mad scientist of cybersecurity. And so he offers a lot of really great, both technical and practical insights into the world of cybersecurity. And then we have Michael Cohen, who is, he is also known as the tech rabbi, um, and he will speak to his expertise with project-based learning and some of the exciting things that he does with students. And then we have Carl Hooker, and Carl is kind of backed by popular demand. Carl, (laughs) Carl was our keynote a couple years ago, and Beyond his his expertise, we just really love him. He has a great heart, um, and he's going to help us with a trivia contest um, in the exhibit hall Sunday night, and then he's also going to be one of our featured speakers as well. And Tom Rademacher, who um, has written the book, It Won't Be Easy, and he blogs about teaching and learning, and he has such um, an insightful um, an interesting way of looking at putting yourself in your students' shoes and motivating students and inspiring students. And then we have Jordan Shapiro, and I am so excited to get him um, to come to our conference. He has a lot of amazing and interesting things to talk about when it comes to how kids are engaging online and what's good about that and how we as adults need to change our thinking 
um, about how kids are um, engaging online and become part of that playground with them. So I love that about him. And then we have Abdul Wright, who is a former Teacher of the Year. And so we kind of rounded it off with people from both the technical, the emotional, and um, the, the tech integration and instructional sides of um, education. So we're hoping we have something here that will appeal to just about everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's, just like Mike said, it's just crazy. You could just have any of those uh, people you just had as featured speakers and put them right on the keynote stage. And many mm -hmm. of them have been keynoters at all mm -hmm. kinds of different conferences, mm -hmm. including ISTE and FETC and, yes. and so many yes. other places. And we're bringing them here to Minnesota. So super exciting to have them yes. just even as the featured presenters, which just sh shows you the quality mm -hmm. of the conference. Mm -hmm. And, and Glenn, what I also love about the featured speakers is we also sometimes have the ability, because it's a smaller thing than ISTE, we have the ability for people to engage and meet and actually spend some time with these people. So um, they get beyond just the sitting in the, in the hall listening to them speak, they get a chance to actually have conversations, ask questions, and share ideas. So in addition to obviously amazing keynoters and um, uh, unbelievable featured speakers. Um, we also have something that w we've been holding on to this news for freaking months at this point, <laughs> let me tell you. It's been driving me um, crazy. <laughs> it's, it's been driving me absolutely insane. Um, and we, uh, I'm not good at keeping secrets. Um, so at this point, I actually sent Cindy a message this morning. I'm like, to hell with it. I'm saying, I'm talking about it this week, whether you're ready to talk about it or not. I mean, everything is done. So we're going to, we're going to share it now. Um, so we're really, really, really excited to share that we are the official podcast. Uh, for Impact Education Conference Ooh. and, uh, you know, featured presenters Ooh. or whatever the hell you want to call us, but we're there too. <laughs> and um, and we're, we're doing um, tons and tons of really cool things. Um, let's, let's, I guess, share a couple of them. I, I guess we're, we're going to have our own kind of live room. Nice. Um, yes. Which is which is insane. Mm -hmm. um, where we're going to be interviewing all of the featured presenters or as many as we can get, and um, having them join us for live shows that are going to be on the schedule. So when people, you know, um, they can actually choose to come to that as like more or less a session nice. of, of the conference. Um, we're going to have a booth at the in the concourse, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, that's we're going to be doing other um, interviews and talking to other people, and people can just drop by and hang out, and maybe we'll put you on the show. And I believe we're also going to be doing some sort of a session on podcasting at the conference, um, and we're really excited. We're we've been talking about it for months. Um, we've been thinking about it for a while. Um, it's, 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 it's really, really exciting. Um, Great opportunity. Thank you guys. So, I mean, we are thrilled. Uh, I can't, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how excited we are to talk about this at this point. And, and one thing, um, that I can add to this, Mike and Glenn and Mary, is that, like you said earlier, we do have an amazing amount of featured speakers or all could be keynote speakers as well. And they all are. 
Um, and to y'all to have host the fireside chats uh, at, during our lunchtime on both Monday when we have totally Jordan forgot Shapiro. About that. We're doing so many things with you guys and that I forgot about those. on Tuesday with the tech rabbi, Michael Cohen, uh, to have is. that. And again, Jordan Shapiro asked for you specifically <laughs> the, on education um, to do that as part of his session. And Mary will be in the audience getting questions. From, I love that. From the educators that are in the in the audience. So I think this is going to be an amazing, this is just one more new thing we're doing um, at the conference that is going to take it to the next level. The really exciting part for me is that Mary's going to be taking questions <laughs> <laughs> because Mike Mike doesn't really know Mary. And if, if you've never met Mary or have been involved in any of the, for example, the uh, giveaways, giveaways. Uh, at, at the Ties conference, you know that it's basically a stand-up comedy routine and, and giveaways at the same time. So you, so you never miss the... You know, the, the, the last thing that usually is at a conference, you're like, yeah, I'm not even going to go to that. I'm just going to go home. You don't miss that. No. We have <laughs> Any opportunity you get to, to get Mary out in the audience and interacting with your audience member is going to be something awesome. It will so be. I, I'm super excited about that <laughs> Mike and, has and no... bringing that to the show. Yes. Thank you. I, I sense I have no idea no what idea. I'm here. No <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, you will You will love it. I, I'm telling you right now. And so will the audience. So so we're super excited, man. That fireside chat, that's a great idea in that setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever been in that hotel, perfect opportunity, especially at lunch. It kind of feels like it becomes disjointed sometimes at the Thais conference mm-hmm. where people kind of went off. And this is a way to kind of all bring us all back together and then and then be able to enjoy our lunch while yes. being able to listen to these amazing uh, educators and, and uh, uh, people. Yes. Everyone, that will actually be in the um, Nicolette Ballroom um, on the first floor right there. Y'all are going to have the center stage uh, for interviewing. So That's awesome. It's going to be exciting. Not, not nervous at all. No, none. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Do what you do. <laughs> So we're, I mean, when I say we've been holding this in for months, like literally, I think the first conversation we had about this was in the spring. So mm-hmm. like we've been holding on to this for a little bit and I'm terrible at keeping secrets. So I can't believe that I've held it in you this did long. It, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so like, um, I mean, we're really, really, really excited about this. And we, a lot of the folks that we're, we're, we're talking to and we know, like, I mean, we've had Michael Cohen on the podcast and Carl Hooker is one of my, one of my best friends in education. Like Carl Hooker is my mentor in education. I mean, I've shared that on the podcast multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you. so we're, we're, I mean, we're so excited to have these folks, um, on at, in person at the conference um we're going to be there i don't think you're going to be able to go anywhere without seeing something related to on education which is Woo! i mean pretty wild um yes, so <laughs> so you'll be all sick of us by the time we're done but you know no they'll want more they'll want more man right, right. well they'll want they more of Glenn, at least they will want more um <laughs> and being so accessible really... yes absolutely right. So I mean, and, and I mean, we're we're really excited about the opportunity, and and it's it's so so cool. So mm-hmm. we're we're thankful for for Sourcewell for for giving us the chance, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick some butt. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So um, if, if yeah. our participants are out there, people that are interested, they're like, oh, okay, what's this Impact Education Conference? Uh, how do people get registered? And I believe we still have an opportunity to. Uh, 
submit a proposal if you're interested in presenting too. So tell us more about that. Absolutely. Um, you can go to impact.sourcewelltech.org for all conference information. You can register there. You can see the books that Mary was already talking about earlier and which um, for your swag, everything is right there. Also, the call for proposals is open until September 13th. Um, and sometimes we don't close it quite on the 13th, so but try to get it in by the 13th. And you get 50% off um, your conference fees. Even if you... Perfect you present one time, you can still get 50% off your entire conference time, not just the day you're presenting. And as we've had in years past. Um, so it's an amazing opportunity to get three days really for $150 because we have buy yeah. two, get a third for, is three. You get three days for the price of two. Yeah. So, um, so if you t- take half price of that, that really gets a, an excellent price. Um, to be able to come in here and, and see these remarkable educators that will be speaking, mm-hmm. plus the people that give their proposals. We always have such an amazing session lineup. Awesome. Cindy and Mary, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. We love you guys. Oh, we love we y'all love too. You too. <laughs> this is fun. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the Education Podcast Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Jennifer Gonzalez, Matt Miller, and many more by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.